What's up, Chini Amadi family? Welcome to yet another episode on the CYM podcast. In this episode, we post Preston Ide, CEO and co-founder of Steers, which is a data-powered insights company inspired by the likes of Bloomberg and Thomson Reuters. He seeks to empower people to make better decisions by providing them with the necessary information and data. And so you can find out more about this on the podcast. So listen and enjoy. All right, Preston. Welcome to the Chini Amaji podcast. Super excited to have you. Your first uh, out-of-town guest, I would say, on the podcast. And this is a oh, milestone for us. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I think I'm looking forward to having a, a, an exciting conversation. And, you know, the fact that I'm first out of town, too, you know, gives me more energy. You know, it's like, boom, I have to represent all those who come after me, you know, by making sure I set the, you know, set the scene. So looking forward to an exciting conversation. Yeah, fantastic. So by out of town, obviously, I'm in Nairobi and you are in, in yes. Lagos. I am. And, um, <laughs> we, I think, um, so well, I don't know where to start, but what's the weather over there right now? What, what season are you guys in? So, so the thing with the thing with my view of, of Lagos, and I'll say my view is that it's always hot. It's not rainy season now. That one, you know, that mm-hmm. that I can say. Um, but it's but it's hot right now. It's not Hamilton either. So I don't actually keep track of the of the of the season we're in because you know Lagos. I mean, when it when it rains, it floods. So I'm happy that we're not in that in that season now. But you no, know, overall, it's it's good. But that's the. I think the weather is the. Least most exciting part about Lagos, I would say the, the most exciting thing to talk about is the amount of energy in the city and Definitely. the amount of sort of activity <laughs> as well. It's like it's it's constantly moving. You know, people are always yeah. doing deals, moving forward, trying to grow. So that that's always exciting um, to be a part. Yeah, of. yeah. Huge, huge fan of 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 Lagos, Nigeria, and just the energy that you guys bring to the continent. I mean, I try and imagine. Africa without Nigerians, and it's it's not the same, right? You you bring a certain kind of burden. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> like in everything you guys are doing, 10x as well, you know, which which is fantastic for for the continent. So yeah, let's start from 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 that. Like, were you born and raised in Lagos? What's your background, and and how did you end up founding your organization, your company? Yes, of course. So you're right. I didn't actually grow up in Lagos. Um, I grew up in a much smaller city. South south of Nigeria, um, a do state called Benin City, um, mm. and I spent most of my, I guess, all the way primary school. Um, I was there until secondary school, which is like I guess the equivalent of high school in what you'd say in the sort of the US or the UK. Um, I then went over to Abuja for for high school, mm. um, and that's obviously the capital of Nigeria, which was a really good experience diverse experience because it was the first time I was really getting to mingle with Nigerians from all across the, the country. And then after that, I went to the UK where I, where I actually studied, you know, A-levels and studied law. Um, right, I saw that, yeah. Practiced law for, for a little bit, um, for about two and a half, two and a half years. Um, and then moved back to Nigeria. So I moved back in, I moved back in 2018 actually um and the intention was to basically see if stairs could become a business because at that point it wasn't a business it was an idea and i had three other people who shared this idea with me but 2018 i still had to do a bit of balancing um you know nigerian parents they were they were very supportive but with a condition and the condition was that (laughs) 
for me to, for me to go on and do this, you know, startup thing, I needed to make yeah. sure I was a fully qualified lawyer in Nigeria. So, you know, being, being a qualified lawyer in the UK, the condition was, well, you have to just replicate what you did in Nigeria. Right. So I had to like pass right. the Nigerian bar and go to like Nigerian law school while I was sort of tinkering mm-hmm. with the business. Um, but I came out of that and I think, you know, I was, I was happy that we had an idea that was um, interesting enough to, to become its own business and grow and become something that, that's impactful. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the story of, the, of my background. Um, I guess I can also talk about the, the story of stairs itself, if that's what you, you yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated by the, the 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 genesis of the idea, right? Like it's it's a, it's um it's Bloomberg for Africa, I guess is how is a business model you're going after, essentially, or am I am I mistaken? And no, yes, you are right. I guess there are a few there are a few things that are that are different, of course, and that's just part of building. You know, you realize the market is not the same, so your product's not the same, right. your customer's not the same, so you have to tweak things. But you are correct because from the beginning we were inspired by Bloomberg. We were inspired by Bloomberg, we were inspired by Thomson Reuters. And because we just kind of fell in love with this information services model where mm-hmm. they had a suite of products that were basically mm-hmm. designed to just make people smarter, to make people, mm-hmm. you know, to give people the kind of data they needed to make better decisions, right? So, you know, we, we looked at all of this and we asked ourselves, you know, how can we build our own data-powered insights company. That's really what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like to say it's just a data company because for us, the most important thing is people actually being empowered to make decisions, people becoming more informed, right? So that's why I emphasize insights, right? And mm-hmm. that was really the, the genesis. I mean, it, it started, obviously, we first saw the problem when we were trying to do some sort of, you know, very small investment on like the Nigerian Stock Exchange and it was just, it was the first time as a, as a sort of adult, I came across this information or data gap on the content. And I thought, wow, there's so much I don't know, and I can't find mm-hmm. this information and anywhere else. Right. Right? Um, mm-hmm. But of course, you know, with, with businesses, there's so many obstacles to starting, right? And um, we right. looked and saw the, the data and information space was pretty big. There were big competitors playing in there. So we asked ourselves, what is the MVP of steers, right? What is that? And that's what today is now stairs business. It, I say it's the MVP of stairs because primarily we just said, what can we do now with the resources we have now, but would allow us to actually start the journey? I think um, mm. that's a very important question to ask because we didn't have the capital and the funding to do a lot of other things, right? So we said, well, mm. what we're going to do, we're going to provide high quality analysis right reading analysis on the economy right that was the engine for stairs business and um we didn't have again the funding to you know build out a team or analysts so we just use volunteers we offered them in return for their writing we offered them membership of of a network of other contributors we offered them training we offered them you know very very bespoke growth in their ability to write and tell stories and understand and analyze you know, the economy around them. And, you know, they supported us, right? They supported us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And many of them today are actually part of the full-time team, right? Which is really interesting. Wow. So we had this habit of hiring people who were first volunteers. Um, and right. I think we have, we have maybe four, three or four people today in the team, including the two 
editor-in-chiefs, like the, the outgoing editor-in-chief and the one who just, who just came, they were actually first part of that network of contributors, right? Um, so that got, us, that got us going. And I think 2020 is when we started full-time. Right? 2020 is when we started full-time. But it would be, I would be skipping a very important year if I just focus on 2020 because we were able to start full-time in 2020 because of the work that we put in in you know 2019 and 2019 was a sort of a milestone year for us because we did an open data project which was the election center we basically aggregated and visualized nigerian election results right that's oh, what we good. did awesome and people loved how, it. We was had that a about... government contract or how did that come no, about? No, no. Did, you, did you volunteer so, yeah, so we just thought, hey, you know, when elections come, we are going to, you know, lots of people are going to be looking for the results. And the model that a lot of the information providers, i.e. the media, you know, both local and international, took was they would write articles, you know, they would kind of post the results, right. APC1, you know, PDP2. And, and we thought that, we thought just that wasn't innovative enough, right? So instead, we visualized all the results we could find available, like historical results. And on election day, as the results were coming out, right, as they were announcing them on TV, as they do, because they, there was actually, you know, the, the, the INEC chairman would, would, on national television, say, in Delta State, the result is this party five, this party 10, right? So, you know, publishers would then start typing top of articles. So we're just collecting it all into, into, you know, into a spreadsheet, right? And because we had done the work to kind of build the visualization before, it was just being visualized live. And, you know, we had about okay. 2 million people using it, right, over that period. It was, it was big. It was massive, right? And it showed us that that's, that's awesome. there's definitely a data gap because there's no way, like, nobody, nobody asked us to build it, right? They, we didn't see... You know, customers were knocking on our door saying, saying build it, right? So, but we looked at the market and we said, we want to do something that we think is valuable, right? We want to go ahead. We want to innovate, right? And people found it valuable. So that then sort of spurred us in 2020 when we started full-time. And yeah, I guess this is our second year in a sort of business full-time. We've learned a lot of lessons along the way, but I think it's definitely been fun building in the, in the Nigerian environment. That's fantastic. So just for the layperson, right? Because because the data is, you know, the whole media data business is, is very opaque to unless you're in on the inside, right? So what is that value chain? Who are your customers? You know, and, and what, what are they what do they buy from you? Uh, what's the business model? Yeah. Yes, of course. Now from, from a business model, um, we actually have a pretty unique perspective, right? And the perspective is informed by the problem we're trying to solve. So we think about the, the sort of jobs to be done and we want to inform people. That's been the genesis of the, of the company, right? We started wanting to inform people. So as opposed to calling ourselves a, a media company or news company, right? We always said we are actually in the information services um, um, sector. We're in the information services space, right? And media or news is just one way of giving out information it's not the only way right it's just one way because i would actually argue that um education and a lot of ed tech companies you see today actually fall into the information space right? because their job is to inform right um now i know there's a whole aspect of news that is you know designed for entertainment right as opposed to necessarily to inform people smarter right but 
we always saw ourselves as part of that information. And so when it comes to what do we what do we sell? I mean, we essentially just sell knowledge, right? We sell, we sell analysis, we sell insights. What makes us different is how we go about it. So we tailor the product depending on the user. And I'll give you a very practical example, right? Today, we have a, a B2C product, which is Steers Business, right? And with that, it's, it's very much like The Economist, right? You want to get this regular insight and deep dive on the economy, on business, on everything new, you know, disruption, digital economy, crypto, right? So you subscribe and you pay a monthly, quarterly or annual subscription fee, right? And that's our sort of consumer product. So it's, it's basically a subscription driven model um, and there, like the FT, like the Economist, like Wall Street Journal. Um, but we also have other kinds of customers. We have businesses, we have governments, right? Um, that want information, but they want such bespoke or specialized information, right? That getting it to a large subscription-based sort of article model doesn't work for them. So in that case, we actually aggregate data specifically for clients, right? We do okay. things like reports, right? We do data collection. For instance, one of our most exciting projects recently, um, one of our most exciting projects recently was actually helping a, a fund, right? A very large fund that wanted to set up and invest in the innovation ecosystem in Africa, right? And we essentially helped them map out the players in the innovation ecosystem, the regulatory environment, the operators, you know, the investors, essentially helping them formulate their thesis, right? On mm -hmm. who we're going to invest in, why we're going to invest and how we're going to invest, right? So you see, in that case, we are directly enabling decision-making by going out there to get data and information. And we found that's a very different mindset from a lot of other sort of media players, because like I said, you know, some players are niche in the entertainment space, others in different space, right? But for us, our entire model is about essentially bringing in data, bringing information, and using that to create insights that people can use to make decisions. Sounds to me like, uh, you know, in the absence of you guys, that could have been a PwC customer, right? Uh, of, of course, of course. It, it, it actually very much um, um, could be as well, right? Um, we, of course, being being born in in kind of this, this century and with a, with a stronger sort of tech mindset, right? We always try to productize what we're doing, right? Um, so as opposed to offering a bespoke service where, you know, you need one person to work with you, right? We ask ourselves, you know, how, how do we make this scalable, right? You know, how do we, for instance, aggregate all this data in a subscription so that multiple companies can just subscribe to this information, mm. right? So that's how we sort of, you know, in, innovate around it. And, and on, the, on the B2C side as well, you know, once you, once you want to build a very bespoke, popular consumer product, right, you find and you're asking people for money, you know, your competition is, is Netflix and Spotify just as much as it is, you know, another publisher because people have money that they want to spend on their subscriptions, right? And these subscriptions do different jobs for them, right? Some of them are to entertain them, some of them are to inform them. And so, you know, we take inspiration from other subscription companies in that, in that regard because, you know, you're sort of building something straight to a consumer. And so, in terms of subscribers, uh, how many how many consumer subscribers do you have? So we don't actually um, share our subscriber numbers. 
Um, but I, I can't say definitely, you know, we, when we started, we, we, we were, we asked ourselves very honestly, would Nigerians, you know, would they actually say, subscribe to this stuff? Pay? <laughs> yes, we're like, would, would they pay? And, and you know, I, I'll be honest, right? I, I thought 100, 100 paying subscribers would be a milestone. Um, and we've, you know, we, we passed that, right? Now we have a couple thousand um, um, subscribers and, you know, we want to keep building. But we also know it's because, you know, we have these subscribers because they, they kind of love the information. But um, um, really right now, it's about scaling that because, you know, I, I believe we, we can actually become the primary source of information for, you know, every professional who wants to better understand what's going on in the country. And so what's your, what's your growth rate? Can you, I mean, if somebody wanted to invest and kind of uh, talk to you and learn more, even can you give some signals in terms of, yeah, are Nigeria subscribing to this type of information, or Africans for that for that matter? What's that growth been like? Where do you see it going? How big of a how big of a part of your business do you see it becoming? Yeah. So um, right now, um, of of course, one of the good things about subscriptions is it's um it's recurring revenue, um meaning that you know what we, we could have if if you subscribe today, you could be a subscriber for for your lifetime, um because of how you sell consume the product. So. 45% of our total revenue is actually from um, and just from that from that product, right? And it's recurring revenue. Like I said, we have other parts of the business, but obviously it's being a strong, it's being a strong part of the business. Um I wouldn't say it is the um it's going to be the only lever for growth. Um recently, for instance, um we got a we got a grant from Google to actually build out more on the engineering side, because as we started building out our, our subscription product, we realized that the infrastructure needed to manage the subscription, right? You know, the payments, the, the everything that, that you need, essentially when you want to help, you know, collect money on a recurring basis from your, from your customers, right? We realized that that was actually infrastructure that's not that big on the, on the continent, right? Um, and so we've actually started building our own solution for that. So we're no longer just building for ourselves, right? But we're actually building for, for the creator economy because there are other people out there who want to monetize what they create, but, you know, they have to go through a lot of hurdles to actually, you know, to actually find a platform, you know, find the right payment, um, payment channels, ETC. So, right. so would you say in that regard, you're, you're going after pay stacks market? Um, no, definitely not. So they, they, from a, from a sort of engineering from a sort of engineering perspective, um, they're, they're very different functions, but actually it's because of people like Paystack that we can build what we um, what we want to build. Got it. So they're complementary or, or? Yeah, so today we use Paystack, right? Um, mm -hmm. And we essentially are quite close to their, um, to their engineering team because by building out more features, they allow us to build out our own you know our own features as well right so the the the, the solution we're looking at is actually inclusive of paystack right they're, they're a partner in there it's not it's not the same um, it's not the same and just because again it's subscription business and subscription businesses basically need more than just the payment gateway for them to so so do you see this as a as a a business model that you'll pursue enabling payments like you said for the economy or is that something you're just going to use in-house and make your stuff work Yes, so um, no, currently we're, we're definitely looking at it um, um, being, being used outside, um, outside ours as well. So we're already building it for ourselves. And like I said, the support from Google um, allows us to actually build it for, um, for other people as well. OK, 
and from a fundraising standpoint, right? Like you've been doing this uh, since 2019, 2018. You, that's that's when you you quit the law. Very <laughs> bold and audacious move. Uh, what was it that allowed you to be able to do that? How did you fund the process, right? Um, yeah. How did you eat? How how did you how did you put a roof over your head? Yeah. Um. So actually, I didn't start working on it full time until 2020. Um. We all started in okay. 2020. Um, so that's the, the important thing, right? So like I said, I moved back in 2018, but I was actually at law school. So the business didn't have, um, the business didn't have any big, you know, um, any big cost base that it needed to maintain, right? And that was that last thing. I, I guess at that point, we we're bootstrapping. We did work with one or two people um, along the way just to experiment with different things. Um, and to actually fund that, we had a, we had a very sort of um, small family and friends, family and friends round. Um, but again, that was just so if, if an opportunity came by, we were able to quickly capture it, like the elections um, and, the, and the data there. But it was so, it was, it was pretty affordable just because we didn't, we weren't relying on the business. Everybody had a job at that point. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was until 2020 that we actually, and by 2020, we had done our, our fundraising. Okay. And so fundraising. So by 2020, how, how did you, where did you raise the money from? Is it, is it a Google grant? Was it uh, a venture round? How did, what, how, yeah. what, where did you, where did you raise the money from and, and how much did you raise to allow you to go full time? Yes. So we raised 650K and it was for a combination um, of places. So family office, institutional investors. Um, so it was, it, it was a mix, right? So we had, you know, VCs in there um, just as well as, um, family offices. So we had four investors come together to put out the, the 650k. Wow. Just listening to what you're telling me and where you are in the journey, what were they investing in? Right? Like, oh, cause, 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 you know what I'm saying? Because it's at the time we didn't have a model and this is Africa and you know, the risk profile, all this other stuff. And I'm sure these are non-African investors because we don't have family offices in Africa. Maybe you have some in Nigeria, but <laughs> I'm wondering what do they see and what were they investing in? You, 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 you either must be the most prolific, amazing storyteller, which is fantastic, <laughs> or these people just you know oh, your smile just kill, kill, kills the game. What were they investing yeah, in? What do they see? I mean, it's 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 it, to, to be fair, right? That is the that is the, the the VC model, right? What do they want to do? What what do investors want, right? They want to get in early when they see. Is a team that they like or they believe in, right? With a with a great product, or at least um, with some sign of a great product, and going after a big market. And, and what was the product in this case? It's, so I'm trying to go into that situation so our, our audience can be like, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, of course. This is how you position this so that you could get the the results. Yeah. So it it wasn't a revenue. It wasn't a revenue. It wasn't a strong revenue generating right. product. But like I said, right, we did we did have this election center that two million people were using to get information, right? Okay. And we also had been publishing, right? And so over time, we had actually built a pretty good brand. And okay. the the belief was that actually, if we turned on the monetization tap, if one day when people got onto the website as opposed to being able to just access information for free, like they were doing, we said, pay, pay to access, right? They would pay, right? So that's really what the, what the in, in investors um, were investing because when there's a problem, I think, right? If the problem is there, the problem is there, right? 
like we could actually have have failed to start solving the problem, but the problem will still be there. And what's the problem here, right? We're talking about the information data gap, right? People struggle so much to get high quality information about the African about the African continent, right? You know, how many how many Nigerians are there? You know, our government officials can't answer that, right? Our policymakers cannot, businesses cannot, right? How fast are markets growing, right? So there, there's so many questions that need to be answered, so many decisions that need to be taken with data that it's 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 a problem and it's it's always going to be a problem unless someone solves it and you know the, the market is is it's not about just us playing in there like you pointed out right we play beside other companies and um, you know bloomberg is in the african um information services market the you know pwc is in it as well and um, mckinsey is in it as well and you have reuters in it as well so it's not as if this is a this is a market that is, you know, that is new or people haven't seen other companies, you know, building in, right? I think what changes with us is this extra emphasis on data, right? And also the product mindset, because if there's a, if there's a problem, then I think um, investors are, are often willing to bet on you being able to solve that problem. Right. And so what is the Uber for this uh, looking outside, right? Like, you know, what model were you saying if this worked over here, it would work over here. That would be VC backable, right? Because those are the proxies people use, right? Yes. Yes. Bloomberg is is a different type of business, right? PwC, it's consulting and human services, right? Basically, right? It's it's yeah. a human capital driven. So that's those are not venture backed businesses. And we saw what happened with Andela, where they tried to do a human centered human-centered delivery model, they don't work for, for venture, right? Yeah. So what is the Uber for X in this particular case? What yeah. are you building that has worked somewhere before? Or are you t- totally bringing something completely new, which, yeah, would be an interesting play? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, two, two things to that. One of them is really just subscriptions. Um, and if, if you think about it, some of the biggest companies that you, um, some of the biggest consumer products that you consume today and um, whether it's Apple Music or Netflix or Spotify, right? They're all subscription businesses and you pay for access, right? There's something that they produce. And if you want access to it, you you know put down a monthly fee and you keep paying for it as long as they keep producing it, right? Um, in our case, right, our, our music or our movie is actually just information, right? And that the fact that people would, you know, subscribe to it is really at the at the center of it. But when you talk about when you talk about, you know, is this totally totally brand new? Oh, definitely it is um, in in the African context because we don't we're not used to even publishers who charge people online directly, right? The the FT, right? The the Economist, the New York Times have built massive massive businesses, right? Um, simply on a digital paywall, right? Um, some of them have print sites to them, but they've essentially built on the on a, on digital paywall, right? But it's just not as common in the African in the African market. And our thesis is that it's not as common because people haven't found information that is extremely valuable to them. But if you find information right. that is valuable to you, then you would you would pay for it. Okay, and that's a very generic thing, right? Information it could be anything. I mean, like you said, Netflix is. And especially nowadays, you're competing with Jesus Christ, Twitter, and information is everywhere, and it's free yeah. and it's accessible. So, yeah. in the information services business, I'm very personally, 
it scares me. I would, I would be, I would be very reticent to go down that path. But you know, you you, you know something that I don't know, and you see something I, I don't, and and uh, it's definitely a, a difficult, challenging slog because you're competing for attention from so many different uh, avenues and sources. Uh, you know, we are washing information, so to expect people to pay is definitely a uphill climb, especially in Africa, like you said. So the question then becomes. Who's your target market? Have you figured that out yet? Who's your who's your persona, right? Who's your user persona, uh, and how many of those people are out there uh, to 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 justify, you know, a subscription-based information knowledge information business model on the continent? I'm not saying it's not there. I think that I mean, look, we are growing to 2.5 billion by 2050. We're young continent, um, and I, I I think there's a there is definitely need for this type of stuff, but where we sit right now, you know, um, help me understand like your persona, who's your, this is my, these are my three types of users, right? Or customers. And there are X number of them across in Nigeria and across the continent. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, so I think the, 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 the first thing to say is, you know, the content that we primarily publish is, is business analysis, right? And if you look at, mm -hmm. if you look at the history of publications, right, you quickly see that before the newer players started, you know, using subscriptions, it's always been the business players that use that use subscriptions. So FT, Financial Times, you know, Wall Street Journal, these guys started long before, you know, even the 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 likes of New Yorker and Co started doing subscriptions. And that's because information that people use in their in their jobs, right? Information about how the economy is moving, how the markets are moving. Um, how new sectors are growing, right, is, is always valuable to people in a professional context, right? And so that's actually our core users. I mean, if we look at our, if we look at our subscribers, they are primarily, obviously, one, um, finance professionals, because we cover a lot of the economic activity going on, um, entrepreneurs, investors. Uh, and this is because, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you're building in the energy, you're building energy space, you want to know how well that space is going, right? What are the new trends? What are the transformations? What are the themes, right? So we find people using, you know, using us for, for that specific, I guess, job to be done. And I'll give you, I'll give you, you know, some more information that can help with that. When, when, when we look at the actual, you know, amount of time that people spend on a, um, every time spent on, a, on an article, right? It, it can go up to, you know, eight, nine, 10 minutes, right? Because people are really absorbing it. This is not, oh, let me quickly, you know, browse this page and see what's um, see what's written here and go off, right? This is really, really in-depth absorbing the information, right? Um, so that's one big um one big persona. But like I said, businesses themselves will always still need to make decisions because you're talking about, I mean, when the 2.5 billion by X number, where does it come from? Right. Um, when you think about the fact that everybody says, you know, Africa is going to grow and, you know, this this is going to be future Africa, whether you're looking at things as advanced as climate tech or, you know, ed tech, or you're looking at things that are a bit more, you know, well-established like agriculture, right? You find that actually people need to do the research, right? People need to gather the data. Um, before, we launched our, before we launched our election center, which was even freely available, right? don't think many people looked and said, oh, the continent lacks um, aggregated election data, 
right? But that's the, that, that's the beauty of creating of creating things, right? The, the amount of usage on that was was really was really really intense, right? And I don't think that has stopped. Um, that has stopped today. There's a theme in the African for many African startups um, around diversification, right? And diversification is very, very important to, you know, I guess, protect against different, different risks, right? And that's actually how we see that advisory business internally, right? Because it always keeps the lights on. Um, you know, even while we were trying to build out this our consumer product, even as today we're building out our subscription, um, our subscription infrastructure product, right? Um, you always know that people would come and make very, very bespoke so I don't think that to build a, a successful business on the continent, you have to say, oh, let me look for something. Let me let me look for let me look for something that has worked perfectly um, in the US or in the UK, and let me just replicate it. I mean, there was that whole phase. I, I remember uh, I used to read quite a bit when every company just wanted to take something that works in the US, you know, put a name on it and say X for Africa. Right, but it doesn't always work because our consumers are different, our wallet size is different, our markets are different. Um, even till today, right? Many, many. I don't know if you actually. Yes, you're in a. Your recently Netflix launched a freemium plan in Kenya, um, and we actually we actually wrote we, we actually did some analysis on that, right? And what was so interesting about so Netflix is a global business, and they have a model that works in the US, but they come to Kenya. And they adapt that model for the Kenyan environment. Right? So it's just a reminder that um, even when you're looking at your own business, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you can't expect it to be exactly the same as what you see in there. We don't expect to build the Bloomberg for Africa, right? We expect to we expect to solve the problem in Africa that Bloomberg solved in the US. And if that means five products as opposed to one, um, or different business models, um, then you know, we'll definitely do that because solving the Solving the problem for the customer is the most important thing. All right, cool, man. Uh, this has been great uh, to connect and learn more about what you're doing, uh, Steers business. I mean, the, the information services space is huge. Uh, to the extent that you can actually uh, bridge the gap, it will it will definitely be, be useful. Um, but yeah, so I guess final question for you here is: so where do you see this uh, going? What is your in, in, what does success look like in, in your mind's eye? And when do you get there? Um, oof, when do I get there? Oof, that's a that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I think I think ten years, uh, fifteen years, never. No. <laughs> you know, who wants to be? How, how long does it take? I, I used to read that you know it takes ten years to build a great business, but now companies are doing it in five, and I'm like, whoa, okay, the, the timeline has changed. Um, but what does success? I mean, what does success look like? Right, success we view success really from the customer's perspective. Um, we want to really unleash that power of data um, on the on the continent, right? We, I think that there's a cultural shift that we expect to see where people are using, making more data-driven decisions as opposed to just instinctive or in, intuition, right? Or, or their gut, which is something you find in other parts of the world, right? It's already very, very, very common, right? But of course, like every other, you know, like 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 every other company, right? You know, we're asking ourselves, how do we build a hundred million dollar business? That's really that's really it at its core, right? If I have a million, um, if I have a, a million, you know, subscribers paying me, you know, ten dollars, ten dollars a month, right? And because our subscription right now is ten dollars on the on the on the dollar plan, right? I have a I have a pretty big I have a pretty big 
um, big business. So, but again, like I said, that's not the only part of the business, right? That's just one product, right? Um, we definitely see ourselves as being the end-to-end -end, um, information supplier on the continent. So even if whether you're a business um, or whether you're looking for information on an individual, individual basis, right? When you're really looking for data, when you want to better understand something, you're saying, I have to go to stairs. And stairs will have a product that works for you at the right price point and giving you the information. Fantastic. This has been great. I love the fact that you are pursuing something that, you know, you're clearly, it, it appears very well suited to actually solve. You're a customer of the product. So it came from a place where you are very familiar uh, uh, and you felt the pain very acutely trying to invest uh, in the Nigerian stock exchange. And now you're trying to solve it for other people, which I think is, is, is admirable. We should always try and solve problems that uh, we're we are users of first, right? So, um, yeah, so that's fantastic. So. Hey, listen, it's it's been fun. it's been awesome talking to you, getting to know you better. Uh, I will definitely um, be keeping tabs on how how, how things go uh, and and uh, and basically, basically take it from there. And when I come to to Lagos, I'll, I'll be coming to Lagos next year. I'd love to meet you and, and, and no have some jollof <laughs> jollof <laughs> rest or something. Indeed, indeed. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic, right, man. Thank uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, awesome.